welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. And we're also joined by a very special guest, my partner, Dr. Danny Tomko, who has terrible taste in movies. She's going to join us today. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Danny, do you agree with that characterization? I don't. Um, you know, I was trolled a little bit into this. I think Jordan <laughs> Jordan pitched this as, hey, we're going to talk about how much we love the Christmas Netflix universe. I never said that. And then slowly over the course of the past week, I learned that I'm pretty – well, I did learn that maybe Daryl would be on my team with some of this. Yes. But, yeah, we're about to get roasted, I think. Yeah, but that's <laughs> impossible because it's all very good and it's objectively good. So, like – Objectively good. Yeah. <laughs> all would agree. <laughs> So the theme of this episode, as Danny was hinting at, is Netflix Christmas movies. Um, and I think, I mean, it is specifically Christmas movies, right? They're not like generic holiday movies. They're Christmas movies. Mostly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. And really so uh, exclusive. I feel like I've watched, you know, certainly a, a, a lot of mediocre to good rom-coms on Netflix, but not a lot of Christmas-themed ones, um, except for Love Hard, which we reviewed last week. Well, and arguably Holiday. Yeah, we watched Holiday. Oh, that's right, Holiday. Um, that's true. I, I guess I've, I've watched some, but I think the thing I was not really exposed to that I watched for this episode was this whole genre of like royalty-focused Christmas movies. Um, so I watched A Christmas Prince... And the Princess Switch, which were both recommended to me by by or quote unquote recommended by by Jordan and Daryl. Um, it sounds like we've got some fans here. Yeah. So I, when Danny and I first started dating, when I met her daughter, they talked a lot about like can't wait for Christmas time because we can watch the Christmas Prince, and they were talking about it like it was Home Alone, or, or like. White Christmas. Or yeah, something. like a classic Christmas movie that everyone watches every Christmas. And that, and I felt like, what am I missing here? Like, I don't know what this is at all. And I wasn't missing anything. It's just a movie. That's well, you're true. missing it. Yeah. The movie. You're missing the point. Yeah, I just felt like you guys introduced it in a way that made me feel like it was a classic. And in reality, it's... Well, it is a classic. It's a modern classic. Yeah, a modern classic. It, like, replaces all of... Well, not replaces. This is, like, the Hallmark Christmas movie of 2021 scenario, right? Sure. It contends with the Hallmark series, I think. Yeah, which is, like, also something that I stay away from, right? Like, I don't really watch Hallmark movies either. Why? Because they're they're a waste. It just feels like it's a lot of, like... You're looking at me like you're actually mad and it's scaring me. So. <laughs> it doesn't. Okay. We're getting into some real relationship stuff here. It doesn't fit with her schedule to watch the Hallmark movies. <laughs> no, I mean, there's just so much good content out there. And I we, we've had this discussion and Daryl, I'd be interested, interested on your take. Like Danny says that Christmas Prince and Princess Switch are trash in the same way that Bachelor and Bachelorette are trash. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's what? why I also like them. <laughs> why do you agree? Because at least like, they, 
when reality people are doing and saying stupid things, you're like, oh, those are real people. And I get a giggle out of the fact that they're real people doing stupid things. When a writer tells an actor to go and say and do stupid things. And they're not even like as funny or extreme because it's like a fantastical situation already. Like a reporter going incognito into a palace of a fictional company country like yeah, but I, that happens often that in happens life, in reality so. a lot at beat now yeah <laughs> wait was it beat now or now beat oh i don't know either one t- is silly it's kind of sexual beat now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no because it's stupid for any well this is stupid but like for a it's newspaper not... to be called now beat because people don't think of but they all know how stupid it is. No one involved is like, this is this is the greatest. We've done a great job. Right? Everyone's just having fun, which is what's fun about it. And they're and they're you watch them and you're like, This is so bad. And you know that they were like, Oh, okay, this doesn't hold up at all. But let's like make everybody film it as if they were like a hundred percent behind the idea. And it's so fun for that. Like you just watch it and you enjoy the enthusiasm and then you're like, Wait, I got caught. Because now I got real emotions for this. Did you actually prince. have real emotions for these people? Just sometimes it feels good at the end when things go well. Anthony, did you? I, no, I mean I, <laughs> I did in the sense that because, as I think we've discussed in the past, I have a hard time with, um, like social awkwardness in, uh, film and TV, and also people having, lying to other people like these sort of ongoing masquerades and so these movies are very big on that that they start with this whole um trick that the main characters are pulling on other people and then that's kind of trying they're trying to maintain it for the whole movie and so that does make me tense but i didn't feel moved i didn't you know and i i'm an easy crier i definitely didn't cry (laughs) for either of these movies but (laughs) they were soothing that i think that's the thing i would say that's different from reality tv is that reality tv makes me very tense even though i do sometimes watch and enjoy it i felt a very very mild tension but but for the most part it's just very soothing and and i think maybe this is also a point to mention that i think we can talk about spoilers in this because there's if you watch 10 minutes of either of these movies and, and most of these holiday rom-coms, like, you know the rest of the movie. And, and that's almost the point. Yeah. They don't have they don't have tension in that way. Like, they're not designed to have that, right? Like, they're all just pure stress reliever movies. So they don't, they don't have real stakes. I mean, they have stakes, but they're not like real stakes, you know? Yeah. Even the tension is like so, because you're already 20 steps removed from like things that are realistic. Well, I don't know. What are you talking about? A whole country called something vaguely Eastern European, Aldobia. where all, everyone Belgravia, Montenaro, speaking English accents, <laughs> <laughs> where they all speak English. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I'm signing all my Christmas cards, Princess of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I think so. I think we should talk about that because the royal factor is important, and I feel like it's what draws Danny to mm-hmm. the films and she turned the other day to me and said what do you think makes us so obsessed with royalty and the idea of royalty and i don't i don't really feel that way as much right like i really like the crown more like historically and because you're attaching it to like these real life events we grew up around or grew up hearing about 
But I don't like find myself obsessing over the current royals. I think I much lean more toward like the celebrity fame that I can get tangled up in. But even that probably to a lesser extent than, than most folks. I think what I meant by that, though, was, you know, as a little girl, I remember being obsessed with Disney princess culture. Right. Right. And I mean, there's tons of research and you know, data on the psychological impacts of of that. And I think there's so many, I mean, we watched Bridgerton, you know, The Mm -hmm. Crown, a lot of this stuff that's tied up in this, in this royalty piece. And I think that is a big part of the draw, whether we like it or not. It's kind of like something you just hate to love, you know? Yeah. And you're coded to from, from childhood. Yeah. It's like, and it's also like, it's different. I feel like it's a different level of celebrity versus celebrity, right? It's like even more removed and kind of like unattainable. So it has that mystique about it. Whereas like celebrities, it's like you could see, you could do that maybe, you could, but yeah, you can't you become were, royalty. If you were special enough and could work hard enough, you could be, you could earn fame. Whereas like you can't earn a royal Unless status. you're magically married into it through a what up, bait Megan? switch How or you whatever. Doing? Right. <laughs> Right, which, I mean, obviously these movies have no real relationship with reality, but the Harry Megan stories definitely color my perception a little bit when I watch these, and you're just you. Ha- I have more of a sense of, and also a bit from the more recent seasons of The Crown, where you're just like, oh, right, being royalty is kind of a nightmare. You're protected from any material wants, but in every other way, it seems horrific don't marry into any royal families that seems really bad and particularly in the christmas prince where the the plot kind of revolves around whether or not the prince i mean a he's falling in love with our undercover journalist character but also whether or not he will accept the throne and I was absolutely rooting for him to not accept it even though I knew there are sequels and they all seem to be called a christmas prince so presumably he he doesn't uh, run away, but I was like, I was a Christmas prince in name only, right? Although actually, he should have become. I guess the sequel should be called the Christmas King, right? Oh, the, oh I don't know. Wow, um, I big spoiler! Them, but... I think so. <laughs> I, um, I mean, so wait. I just want to say one more thing before we dive into either of these plots, which kind of like gets under my skin now that we've been talking about it. Is like, I don't think little boys grow up and think like, I want to be a prince. Like, I'm obsessed with being king one day right like they're like Mm -hmm. oh i want to be an astronaut or a race car driver or a doctor or a firefighter or whatever whereas like little girls have been raised to like i mean i'm sure that this is changing but i guess in like our generation it's like that's your way to these are like base things right it's like power Mm -hmm. being special wealth you know like some very base human instincts and for girls their path to that is to be like swept up by some knight in shining superhero, armor superhero who, yeah who yeah. can make them powerful and who is can to marry make... into it rather than right. to achieve it themselves exactly and i think that that bothers me a little bit especially because when we look at these two movies like princess switch and christmas prince i can't believe we're having like a thoughtful dialogue but um they both kind of give up existing careers that they seemingly are passionate about to go be, you know, like at its at its core, the plot line is about like 
the same shit that has been detrimental, I feel like, to women over time and over the, you know, past few decades. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if anyone could argue that they're progressive films in any way. Well, I actually, they might be a little bit progressive. I mean, if you think about Christmas Prince... I feel like they have like some level of diversity, right? Like Emily is. Um... There's a narrative around Princess Emily and how Princess Emily bonds with um, who's the Amanda? Um, What's the journalist name? character? Molly. Amanda. Amanda yeah. Amanda. Oh, yeah. Is it Amanda? Some basic not, name. Or is it Amber? Amber. 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 So Amber Emily Moore. and Amber bond because Emily loves that Amber doesn't really play into she doesn't treat her preciously yeah and she has what is it spina bifida Mm -hmm. oh yes okay or something like that i don't think it's spina bifida it's something that stops her from being able to walk and ride i think it was spina bifida that's what they said at least in the first movie i have no idea if that gets retconned later or in a while point jordan yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think that There are elements where, because these are movies that were made in 2017, 2018, 2019, they are not as aggressively conservative as a movie made 20 or 50 years ago, but it's more that the inherent underlying plot is sort of conservative. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think, I don't think they're like, I mean, I don't think they're aggressively, yeah, it's not like they're, like the Hallmark movies, I feel like that's where the difference comes in. Like, I think a lot of the Hallmark movies are like, prescriptively conservative in ways that are problematic but like these are like it's just kind of like a byproduct of like them trying to do the thing and then you see netflix doing stuff like the one that just came out uh this year what's it called with the two guys and you know it's just (laughs) nice well they're they're the couple is the two guys and like that is i think it's a rarity yeah but the that reminds me of the story of like the guy who is selling Hallmark scripts, like Hallmark holiday movie scripts, and he like sold one to um, oh, I remember this Hallmark and one to to like the Pride Network, and they were the same, and they filmed them the same, and then they just swapped out. They would do like, okay, you're done for the day, and then like the lady and love interest would leave, and then they would bring in the guy love interest, and they would just film the scene again with the guy. Yeah, but all the other the actors exact were the same, same script. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. one was a gay couple and one was a straight couple. Wow. Yeah, because Hallmark was like, we will not ever allow that or whatever. And then like, the guy was like, well, okay, and I'll just sell it twice, and Pride Network will take this one or whatever. Um, but it seems like Netflix is at least like, okay, like we no, we're not going to do that. Like we're open to that kind of thing, right? But they're still basing it on the premise of like, okay, this is like a f- dream fantasy for women based on you know how they were brought up whereas maybe a christmas night isn't no it's not an exception i was like boys want to be knights but i don't think that was particularly progressive either that one he was just like (laughs) a knight stuck out of time but uh yeah i am waiting for the next iteration maybe next christmas for it not to be so predictable right so like yeah for the queen to marry a princess right right i was i was like in a rabbit hole over this and i think we were talking about it (laughs) and then instagram was just serving me those royal me ads the entire time and you do like a you get a painting of yourself like 
being in royalty. What? I don't even know about this. So they started it with like animals where you can like send a picture of your dog or cat and they'll paint them as royalty. And they're doing it with people now. And so Instagram's oh. serving these ads and I'm in a rabbit hole looking because I was like, oh, well, maybe I can, for Christmas I can get Jordan like two queens together. It doesn't exist. So she sent an angry email <laughs> to royal me about how the only <laughs> paintings you can get with two women are like peasants. Peasants. Like two peasant women together. Oh. <laughs> but you can't. Okay, that's actually fucked They're up. They're like milk. Yeah, beans. it is. Yeah. I'm looking at this now. I just found this is because at first I Googled Royal Me and then it was just Royal Me, affordable wigs. And I'm like, I don't think that's what they're talking about. So, <laughs> I just served that to Danny too. Who knows? <laughs> but I found Turn Me Royal. And yeah, I think this is this is what you're talking about, or at least one variant of what you're talking about. But Oh, yeah, look, it's like the two ladies. I found the two ladies. And yeah, it's not, they're not a couple. They're like, they're like in the field washing clothes out. or something. Like. <laughs> It's and so Danny sent an angry email, but like I do, I feel like it could be more. I don't know. I mean, there's a balance to be struck. We've talked about this. I was actually listening to one of our old Bachelor episodes just to bring that back into the mix, where I was oh, like yeah. waxing about how I hate that it's something I enjoy to watch because it goes against all of my principles, but it also is like you turn off your principles for a second and you watch it and you feel this like almost catharsis of just like yeah let's fucking like crawl around in the mud you know like there's something (laughs) like and i feel like it's okay for people to turn off their principles and watch a movie like this as well and be like i feel nothing right or i feel like the tiniest (laughs) bit of something like sentimentality or nostalgia or whatever without like any stakes like it's not going to leave me feeling sad it's not going to leave me feeling particularly happy or enthralled it's not going to like have me on the edge of my seat i'm going to sleep tight tonight after finishing this movie and just like drift off into dreamless sleep like that's okay it's just Netflix is also throwing like 60 of them at us, right? It's like Christmas inheritance. And it's like, well, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole either. But you can just dip your toe into it or you can just fully indulge. That's the beauty of it. They give you options. Although they need need better filters on like categories and stuff because I feel like it's not organized super well. I would say of the ones we've watched or I've watched recently, um, I watched Love Hard first and because we reviewed it uh, already and I recommended it half-heartedly to a few friends and they were really angry and so they couldn't finish it but I saw that as like a guilty pleasure and then I watched Princess Switch and I was like and I still had a good time but I was like this makes Love Hard look like a masterpiece yeah it's an Academy Award winning film <laughs> and then I watched A Christmas Prince and I was like this makes princess switch look like a masterpiece that definitely the a christmas prince was the lowest rung of um just oh i disagree this is so generic christmas prince is and the crown predictable. jewel to danny yeah, christmas so. prince is was the gateway drug for me it was the first to be fair and oh, then yeah. Vanessa Hudgens' like British accent is just so comical. It is so much yeah. fun. And can we talk? That is the biggest role for her. I mean, she was casted for three characters in that series. Yeah, yeah. Well, she I mean, really high shows musical, her range, arguably. So I have like a problem with Vanessa Hudgens, like as a person, which I know is probably not a popular opinion, but like she hosted the way that I met her because I didn't give a shit about High School Musical was 
through So You Think You Can Dance. She came on as a judge mm-hmm. for a couple seasons and said like the most generic shit. It was just like, you danced. And when you were dancing, I felt like you were really dancing. And so I just want to congratulate you on just dancing. And it's like, you're a judge. Like, is that all you have to say is that she was dancing? Like, I got really annoyed with her <laughs> over that. And it was very consistent, that kind of feedback. I do enjoy her comical British accent. I think that's what I love most about the whole movie. But what was weird is we went like Christmas Prince 1, Princess Switch, Christmas Prince 2, Princess Switch 2. We were like jumping between the two. And I think the reason we were doing that is because every time I was watching one, I was like, I think I like the other one more. Let's go back to that. <laughs> and then we would watch we would watch that one and be like, oh, I think I actually like the other one more. I don't like this one. So it was really like trying to find a lesser of two evils on my end. I think ultimately I prefer Christmas Prince. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Princess Switch just throws me off so much. It's like there's five Vanessa Hudgens on screen all doing different accents there's like they're trying to create more evil than there actually is. Like Simon to me is a po- is a perfect villain in Prince in Christmas Prince for this type of film because you're just like ah I get it right like you're selfish and you got this going on. They're trying to add like a lot of dimension to the villainy in Princess Switch, and I'm like I don't empathize with anyone. So you're not going to get me to like anti-hero Vanessa Hudgens as Fiona or whatever. I don't think the goal of Princess Switch is for the audience to emphasize. I don't think they have a goal, honey. I think they're literally... I think it's it's supposed to be empty calorie, warm and cozy, Christmas kind of entertainment that you don't need to invest in a ton, and you can kind of just turn your brain off and relax. Yeah. So, Danny, with that in mind, do you think that it makes sense to say that one is better than the other, or... Are they kind of all the same because they're all the same kind of empty calorie and entertainment? I mean, I think for me, it depends on what lens you're, you know, viewing them from. I think for me, I have an appreciation for uh, what they did with such a small – these are pretty small budget films, right? And I think that it's interesting to to see some of the creativity. I think um, Amber's hair and makeup drove me wild. Uh, I don't know what was happening. In a bad way. So Danny's very, like, aesthetic, <laughs> hair, makeup, vanity, all of those things. Wow, I sound really... Well, uh, you're a doctor, babe. You've got a lot <laughs> also, of dimension. I'm also I... a makeup artist, is, yeah. which is something... So so I notice, I notice a lot. That I don't things. notice. Yeah. So I'm just like, Amber's more likable than Vanessa Hudgens. Which one's too. Amber? Oh, uh, Rose McIver. The main whatever, character. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Amber's the main character in A Christmas Prince. She's the journalist who, in the first movie, goes undercover as the tutor yes. for the princess to try to get the scoop on the royal family. No, she had wild things going on with her hair. And I remember it was like, what the? why the fuck did they do that? It was very distracting in that movie. Yeah. Of like, Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Yeah. I was very distracted by her hair and makeup. Um, a lot of flyaways. A lot, ton of flyaways. But I just thought it was interesting. I mean, it had to be fun on that set. But I think that you can tell towards like the end of the movie, they get like lazy. I mean, I don't know if they filmed <laughs> it chronologically, but they probably filmed it in two days. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like rented a venue. I'd say probably two weeks rather than two days. Yeah. I mean, where they they went over the top for there were some scenes that were super over the top, but then 
where he's actually accepting the throne or getting crowned. Yeah, it's like a paper set. It's like someone <laughs> paper macheed that shit together. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's interesting, but. But that's part of the, part of the appeal, I think, is like, because that, that, that reminds me of the, I think it's the weakest one of them all is the night before Christmas and in a different vein because there's not I don't think he's supposed to be royal I think he's just a run-of-the-mill knight I can't remember but anyways there it looks like you were like when you went to the Ren Fair and you were like paid somebody at the Ren Fair to be like in your movie and just were like bring your own costume it's fine like it's very very low budge right yeah also I didn't even realize that, that was Vanessa Hudgens too. Like she was just like, yeah, give me what you got. What do you got? And they were like, this one too. Oh, she's also in Night Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, playing a different character. She's not the princess from Princess Switch or any of her various doppelganger twins. So don't the um because the A Christmas Prince and Princess Switch they're made by the same production company, the the Motion Picture Corporation of America, and. In, I know that in Princess Switch, they do watch A Christmas Prince at one point. They're like, yeah. oh, we love watching Christmas movies. Let's do some cross-promotion. Well, and then they're there. Right? Yeah. So it's it's confusing. Like, is is this, you know, <laughs> I mean, is I think one that's the, real I think in that's the universe the or the other? team, like, out to drinks one night. Just like, you know, it would be hysterical and make this over-the-top cheesy. Let's just have a cameo of... Amber and the Prince. At- yeah, I mean, there's definitely yeah. some like wink, wink. Like, what could we sneak to let everyone know when they read my name on the credits that I did this for fun and some cash? But the Christmas verse is real. Like the, and then I think the night before Christmas has some kind of tie-in too. They, I think they all have weird crossovers. But then yes, they also are like okay. So and in this one is is it a documentary then? Because it's also on TV. <laughs> <laughs> which to be fair i think this is true of any sort of like mega franchise or crossover it starts to get sort of, you the whole point is don't think about it that hard yeah it, oh you know in the same with like superheroes in the night before christmas they watch holiday in the wild so holiday in the wild is also a movie somehow and, tapped in yeah so they're all incestuous yeah, yeah. is christmas so, inheritance did anybody watch that one yes yes i did that one i liked it has um annie mcdowell in it doesn't it Wait, does it? Andy McDowell? I think that's the one. Maybe I'm wrong. Because I actually really like her. That's disappointing. You guys ever see Multiplicity? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah I mean, of ages ago, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Andy McDowell's in Christmas Inheritance. Wow. <laughs> what a climb to the height of sights. <laughs> I love Rose McIver in um, in iZombie, which I think is a really, really fun show. And then I love Alice Crige. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um in Star Trek First Contact. So I was a little sad to see both of them in A Christmas Prince. Oh, yeah. Making more, like, achieving more fame than they ever would from those other projects you yeah. just mentioned. Yeah, what's Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? This this doesn't even get to my... So, like, we've talked about my favorites before. But my my favorite is not... I don't consider it in this bucket... And every time I say it, you guys are like, what am you talking about? Because I say it's Danish name or whatever. But it's the Home for Christmas show. Him till Yule. Him till Yule. <laughs> that one is the one. That's the show. It's so good. It's two seasons <laughs> wow. of a Christmas-focused show. 
And all it is is like, how come you never have a date for Christmas, main character? Oh, yeah. How come I never do? I guess I'll try all these boys. And it's very funny and very, very good. But like genuinely funny. Like not like guilty pleasure funny. Like actually funny. I mean, that is the next gen, right? For Netflix is like we could spend, you know, $80,000 to make this movie over the course of a day and a half and do 60 of them. Or we could spend a little bit more and do like bingeable content that we release December 1st yeah. and let people watch a show, you know, four or five shows. They did it with Dash and uh, Dash and Lily or something like that. It's, also, it's also a series right. and it's like a rom-com series. That's a that's an English language Netflix original where the, this over the course of the series they like get together. So it that one's also pretty. Oh, good. that one looked. I saw the trailer for that. So it doesn't have a Danish name, Dash and Lily. No, that one's just Dash and Lily. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, me. That's it's shot a, around New York City. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually Norwegian. I should say is the show. And I remember when I tweeted about it, like I love this show. Somebody who is Norwegian who follows me was like. Oh yeah, but that's the worst Norwegian Christmas show. And I was like, "What? How many Norwegian Christmas yeah, shows are there?" And apparently, there's a lot. It's like a genre. Uh, so you guys have also seen the the sequels, which I have not gone into. But I mean, I it delights me just seeing the names of the sequels. Like <laughs> a Christmas Prince Two is a royal wedding, and then a royal baby, and then the best is the princess switch to switched again. Which, yeah, yes, I remember yes. we finished Princess Switch and immediately the trailer for two started playing and I saw a blonde Vanessa Hudgens walk in and I was like, no, they did not. <laughs> like, it's one thing for the princess and the duchess to switch again or whatever. The duchess and the baker. The duchess and the baker to switch again. It's a totally different thing for there to add another lookalike. I mean... At, should we go through like a brief plot description of these films? Please. What's the shame is that I haven't seen the third one yet. I'm very ashamed of it. And like, I don't know who I am because part of me really wants to know what's up with the baby. Like I want to, like I want to watch the Royal baby, but I know the second I sit down and it starts playing, I'm going to be like, what are we doing? This is two hours of my life. Like, and you don't <laughs> feel that way watching The Bachelorette. No, no. The Bachelorette flies by. Time flies when you're having fun. I When you see yeah. actual people, just... Be, mm-hmm. No, that's great. Although, partly to save money, I assume, these movies are generally pretty short. They're about 90 minutes, and so that's that's a nice thing. Yeah. And they used every single it doesn't feel like it. footage they shot. When you're watching it, you're like, it doesn't feel like it. I remember pausing like 20 minutes into Christmas Prince to like get a drink or something and being like, oh my god. Well, well, we talked about it a little bit. Let's start with Christmas Princes. That's, I think, the sort of beginning of the the Christmas verse. And and Jordan, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what that's about? Sure. Feel free to chime in at any time. Take it away. I'll correct you. you. Yeah, I bet you will correct me. Um, So there's a reporter who works for Now Beat, not Beat Now, (laughs) which is like the BuzzFeed (laughs) of this fictional universe. And she's told to go report on the royal family of Belgravia? Aldovia. Aldovia? Is it Aldovia? Are you sure? It's one of them. Belgravia or Aldovia? Aldovia. (laughs) Belgravia is Princess Switch, I think. Okay, Okay, Aldovia. Aldovia. 
and she shows up at the airport and this guy steals her cab and she yells at him unimportant you think <laughs> and you get to the the for this press conference that he's going to give announcing that he's going to take the ascend and take the the throne but he never shows up and so they send all the reporters away and she knows that she's going to get in trouble with work if she doesn't have a story so she kind of starts sneaking around the palace which just again how did that happen they couldn't afford security on this budget Mm-mm. yeah no Aldovia is poor, poor nation that can't afford palace security. And so the she finds her way in and gets mistaken for the incoming tutor for the princess, the prince's younger sister, Emily, and kind of just like fakes her way into it and goes with it and becomes this. And there's no checks or, at all. No, that, there's no check say. whatsoever. So she's <laughs> she's just undercover. Emily finds out pretty quickly that this is not meant to be her tutor and decides to go along with it because she likes Amber and she thinks that she treats her, mm-hmm. you know, without being too precious. She like takes her sledding and like shoots arrows with her and stuff. And she gets a glimpse of this prince who's deciding whether or not he wants to take the throne. He's struggling with the decision. He doesn't think he can live up to his father's standards. And then you have this bad guy that comes in cousin Simon who really wants mm-hmm. to take the throne and he starts kind of plotting against them. And I don't really remember kind of what happens in the middle other than Amber <laughs> decides to go off on a horse for some reason. Yes. I guess she's upset. No, she's following the prince. She wants to see what his like secrets are. Oh, she's are. following the prince. And right. then this is like the, the cute Beauty and the Beast ripoff scene. Right. She falls mm-hmm. off the horse and the wolves start to attack. She sits down and succumbs to her fate. And then the prince comes in and saves her. Time out. Do you know? I have a joke for you. Yeah. Do you know why Gaston is the best Disney villain? No one shoots like Gaston. No one. No, because he has the Nobel Prize. Nobel oh. Prize. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't get bail. Yeah. Anyway. Got a lifetime of this to look forward to, guys. Um. I had to really think about that one. <laughs> what? I mean, I will say that the Gaston song in Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney song, I think. This is a wonderful He uses song. antlers in all of his decorating. It's beautiful. Um, so that happens. They end up in this cabin on the property and find a poem. Very cryptic. This song. is, I love this. I love this as described. The sentence used to describe it in the Wikipedia is very good. What does it say it? Richard then shows Amber a mysterious poem written by his father, and the two almost kiss but are interrupted by the sound of neighing horses. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> that is all accurate. The horses I know, but it's just reading it in contextually, you're like, what? Why? What is that? I mean, watching it in the movie, doesn't it doesn't make any more sense. You're like, sure, okay. By the way, there is zero chemistry between these two characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I don't find either of them attractive. I know I br- probably bring up like a, the attractiveness level of our our lead actors too much in this podcast but it i don't know anyway so they almost kiss they don't they find the cryptic poem and then amber back at the palace is doing her own digging wait no she's they're still in the cabin and he runs out to tend to the neighing horses and she somehow 
releases the <laughs> like, like a trap door, a trap in the door desk. in the desk and finds adoption papers. He's adopted. Dun dun dun. Whoa. So he might not even be able to take the throne now that he's finally like slowly through the help of Amber gaining the confidence to like fill his father's footsteps. And so she takes that back. She leaves the password to her computer just right taped on the front of it and all the adoption papers kind of like strewn across the room because that's asking. what you do. Yeah, she's just as a journalist. found out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I like to keep my source notes. I just kind of like scatter them across the town. <laughs> um, it seems like she doesn't lock her laptop either because that's how the princess figured out who she yeah. was. Yeah, it's it's no bueno. And so uh, Simon, of course, schemer, finds these papers, right? Mm-hmm. And with with Sophia, the the girl who wants to be with Christmas Prince. The ex-girlfriend. Who is right. now, uh, yeah, with Simon because she thinks whoever's going to be king is I want to, that's the one I want to date. So Amber and Christmas Prince are falling in love, but then Amber's true identity gets revealed by Simon and the fact that Christmas Prince is adopted, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we can't do it. So they're about to swear in Simon. Simon. And... Amber figures out, hey, like the last present that the king made for his wife was this acorn and mystery poem kind of had some hints and cryptic symbols in there that also included acorns. And so she runs to the tree and she grabs the acorn and she like pops off the top and finds this new law that the king wrote before he died that said adopted people fuck his daughter who cares about women taking the throne (laughs) adopted people can become royalty his son is even though he's not a blood son can take over the throne and this is where it's progressive i guess i guess we got there finally (laughs) right i feel good about it yeah like this white straight cis man can be a king a brave new world this white man can be king even though he doesn't share my blood (laughs) um so she rushes into where simon's ascending and says no christmas prince is legitimate look at the law acorns poems yeah this is where this is where we're at the paper mache. This is set. in the paper mache set. Yeah, <laughs> right. the lighting budget has already depleted. They There's were, no the lighting workers there. Have left the building. Amber did her yeah. own makeup, and <laughs> and he says, "Okay, fine, cool. I'll be king then." And he <laughs> becomes king, and she leaves because she was still deceptive, and that hasn't healed yet. So she leaves, and she goes back home to her Brooklyn deli. Well, is Chicago. it in Brooklyn or no, is it Chicago? Chicago? Her Chicago deli dad who's like, let me make you a hot dog. Like, this will all be fine. A light blonde with sand. Yeah. And and then a snowball hits the window. And you think it's the raucous children playing outside. But really, it's Christmas Prince. And after knowing each other for six or seven days, she walks out. And he gets down on one knee and he says, you will be my queen or whatever. Right. Teaching little girls everywhere that if you're deceptive, you will marry the prince. Yes. And manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- this is the thing about both Princess Switch and Christmas Prince is that the climax kind of revolves around, you know, this deception being revealed. 
and then the royalty is mad for like two minutes yeah and then they're over it but the deception is always forgiven that's like a core part of even love heart right it's like massive deception that undermines like everything right. all trust and then it's like yeah this is fine i remember because you had good intentions yeah but i remember watching this early on with skylar and remember afterwards the mom and me being like all right so what would happen in real life like, what would the consequences of Amber's actions be in real life and I think at like I don't know nine years old I think her response was something as she was like there'd be no story to tell It'd be super boring. right that's true yeah and I was like she would be executed yeah. and it would be a very <laughs> be different taken story. to the dungeon that does or does not exist I mean yeah. that's a joke in like all three of them but and my half-hearted defense of love hard in this context is that in love hard the deception is revealed like 20 or 30 percent of the way into the movie and the whole rest of the movie is them building a relationship despite, despite the yeah, deception yeah. whereas princess switch and christmas prince it's like revealed at the end and then immediately resolved with no consequences which is i mean it's a fairy tale but it's a multi-layer deception too because he's finding out he was adopted so it's not just a deception from her it's like actually his whole life is a lie and he's like I'm adopted. Oh, come on, that's controversial. I feel like aren't they just his real parents anyway? Like, of they course, never... of course. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, wouldn't you want to know that you're adopted? Like that, and and then your parents have been lying to you. Feel the whole like your time. parents have been lying to you. Were they lying, or did that just never come up? <laughs> omission, a live omission, live is, omission, still omission a lie, is still Darryl. a lie, Daryl. And I'm telling Tara, you said that. <laughs> 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 Anyway, whatever. Yes. So yes, that that is the um, a Christmas Prince, and and without getting into the details, I am curious, like how, what kinds of additional complications do do they introduce in in the sequels? I think it's the like same format, pretty much, right? You have like villainy coming in to try and well, in the royal wedding, they're she's adjusting to royal life because the the actual like rules and protocols of being a royal aren't like meeting her halfway like she wants to control her wedding and they're like bringing in like this is the dress you'll wear and this is the cake you'll eat and blah 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 and her dad wants to cook but they have some like chef who's doing like pickled herring or whatever and jellied meat jellied meat yeah and so She's struggling with that, but then there's also like villainy coming in. I think it's Simon, right, or someone else. Isn't somebody embezzling or something? Yeah, there's someone's like no stealing money. from yeah. the throne. The, so the prime minister. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not the prime minister. It's like the old family friend who was like a uh, advisor, like a close yeah, advisor. I thought that that's wasn't he the prime minister? Maybe he was the former prime minister because he left and then know. they asked him to come back. We, the point is that Christmas Prince is thrown off because all the numbers, like they're going bankrupt as a country and he doesn't understand why. It turns failing. out he's being stolen yeah. from. He's failing at being prince and he can't really help her when she's like, hey, they're bossing me around and not letting me, like they're shutting down my blog and all of these things. And like, we should go into the 21st century and be like more chill. It's like the redemption arc dogs. of the woman coming in and kind of saving the day. But and I think the mess there is a there is a very strong message throughout the whole royal wedding about being true to yourself. And I mean, like I think at the wedding she's wearing converses and she's you know she's not sacrificing a lot of her wants, dreams, and desires just to meet the royal family. So I think it's right. a lot of that. Yeah. 
And this is where Simon comes out as a hero too, right? Doesn't Simon like turn good? In this I think one? he does. Yeah, I think he goes from zero to hero just like that. <laughs> I will say that Simon, at least in the first one, his face and his expressions to me are almost exactly like Alex Moffat in Saturday Night Live. So I just yeah, he does kept look wanting just to like laugh him. even yeah, yeah, he looks a lot like him. It's yeah. super distracting. But he's fine. He's a fun character. Um, and the, yeah, the budget for, say, the palace or the generic European capital, which just looks like a little tiny Christmas village, yeah. is very, very low. But the one thing I like, I do actually like the fact that Rose McIver just wears her Converse all the time. As somebody who also just wears his chucks all the time in every situation, I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, there's it's a true journalist true. trait, I guess. If you, if you want to write, you have to wear uncomfortable shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it was very weird that her journal, like low-level journalism job was not like churning out shitty articles at a content farm, but was as a... Yeah, doing to deep investigative scoops. Yeah. Right? <laughs> usually that's the way strange. it goes in these, where it's like, all right, make us some crap for our garbage yeah, website. Do a listicle. clicks. Yeah. 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 Yeah, many plot holes that make it not believable, but I feel like they do a pretty good job recovering, or I feel like they do a good job on a low budget. <laughs> okay, to speak of plot holes, I, I don't. I think it would take thirty minutes to try to summarize the entirety of of Princess Switch, but maybe somebody wants to take a stab at it. Go ahead, baby. No, no. It's just bad. like the. You know, what do you call it? It's like the any Freaky Prince Friday. Popper. It's all Freaky Friday. Or Prince of the Popper is the original Freaky Friday, I Twelfth guess. Night. So. Uh, it's like, you know, look alike, switch places. One lives as a duchess and the other goes to being a regular person. And they see the value in that. And then they fall in love with the respective people who are on the other side and live happily ever after after having switched back but finding their true selves and their true loves yeah there's also a baking contest of course that's how the whole thing gets started royal baking contest yeah Again. i mean it's basically if every christmas movie and every disney movie kind of crashed together and had a baby it would be crashed together it's like a Dave Matthews mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like inelegantly yeah. collided yeah. into each other yeah <laughs> <laughs> Someone was blindfolded and was like, just pick different parts and string them together. <laughs> yeah. It's the mad libs of. That's part of what I liked about Princess Switch ultimately was that it felt like they were saying, listen, none of this is believable. None of this makes any sense. Let's just go for it. Let's just get as many sort of random things in here as possible. And again, it's still very much a guilty pleasure, but ultimately that was what made it a little bit more fun for me versus christmas prince where again i mean they're both fine watch them whatever but like christmas prince felt just sort of like a little bit more by the numbers and you're like all right sure yeah it feels like christmas prince has a little bit more room to grow because they can do like here's the wedding and here's the baby and they can always throw in like there's some mystery code that needs to be cracked by amber right like that's easy to replicate over and over and over again princess switch is troubling a little bit because it's like more fun, I think, aspirationally, because you have the person plucked from 
nothing, right? To nothing. Like, she had like a bakery. She was a very successful baker. Baker well, on top like baker the main in the drag in Chicago. Oh God, yeah. And I wish she would have just stayed there and kept baking <laughs> and been a real woman, right? But like, whatever. <laughs> she wants to go and like be a princess now. Fine, but like. You have the switch idea, right? Like, you could go be princess for a day, which I think is more relatable somehow. Like, oh, I just happened to look like this princess, and she bumps into me and gives me her job for a few days. That's, like, fun and exciting. But then it's hard to replicate in the sequels, because they literally are just adding Vanessa Hudgens. They're like, there's another one who's a cousin, and there's another one, like... And it starts to become really complicated. Like, I can't even follow, especially considering the the poor quality of the accents delivered. I just can't follow at all. But they, in fiction, spend time working on their accents, and they're both very impressed by each other. Yeah, I'm angry we didn't do this entire podcast in bad British accents. Yeah, yeah we should have done that. I'm really good at that. Wow. I do it a lot. These two love it and will agree that I'm very good at it. I feel like you it. could do a good British accent. Oi, aye, oi, it's me. Got some cheeky pudding for my... I'm not good at it. It sounds like... What's his name from... The Chimney Sweep guy, but... Yeah, and then in it, and then it's just like from bad British reality TV. Banta. We got some banta, huh? Hi. In it. Although in the first Princess Switch, I feel like they almost acknowledge how bad the accents are because they... in The part of the plot hinges on the fact that Vanessa Hudgens can change accent do the shitty accent after like 10 minutes of practice yeah. and that's true because it's a terrible it's accent so yeah why not yeah. well and it's not a british accent right it's a uh belgravian accent and we don't know what that sounds like maybe that's it what could that be like. perfect yeah they're nailing it it could be the yeah. most posh and proper just... belgravian accent they're doing a in the good world. job <laughs> it's a montanarian accent because they're in belgravia but she's the, <laughs> oh, right. duchess, she's of the duchess of montanaro, montanaro. it's montanarese <laughs> I would love to see a map of these. (laughs) 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 And yeah, and they all look exactly the same. Their capitals look the same. Their palaces look the same. Not great. Yeah, it's it's like Monaco, kind of right. It's like as if there was like a bunch of Monacos around, just like dotted here and there. A smattering of Monacos. Formula One would be there. We love it. Yeah, I mean, if they had Formula One in Aldovia, I could get on board. Let's do uh, Princess, the Christmas Prince, Drive to Survive. You joke, but that's going to happen because Netflix knows that Formula One is... Netflix has made Formula One very popular. Oh, yeah, it has. Max Verstappen is going to be the next Christmas Prince. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That would be nice. Danish. He actually does have an accent. A real one. And a lisp. So I feel like that's a great ending place. I know, because I, I, I don't want to spoil Princess Switch 3, because I still have to watch it. So let's I have leave to watch it too. for all of us to discover. But I bet that some people switch places and shenanigans ensue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Probably maybe not this time. What's the subtitle of this one? It's great, because it's like, it's like a star really going far. Or something. What is that? Romancing the star. <laughs> what does that mean? It has nothing to do with the plot. Oh, I think I watched the beginning of it, and there's some like crazy star that like the Pope brings. And it's priceless, and then the star gets stolen. And I don't know what happens next. We stopped watching. Danny fell asleep, and I was like, I'm definitely not doing this alone. (laughs) This is me, like, earning brownie points. I'm not, no. Yeah. So before we wrap up, if someone has not watched any Netflix Christmas movies, which one would you recommend? 
Home Alone. The Christmas <laughs> Prince is the right answer. Yeah, Christmas Prince is what I would go with. Uh, I think I would start with Princess Switch. I'm going to diverge a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with Love Hard. Oh, come on. That doesn't That's count. That's not the same genre. There's no royalty in it. All right, fine. If you're going to watch one of the royalty ones, then watch Princess Switch. Switch. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Jordan, you're two the tie. Two. You're the tiebreaker. I said Christmas Prince. Okay, there right. is no yeah. tiebreaking. Right. There's four of us. Oh, great. Okay. Doctor. We did it. All right. So intrigue, I... scandal, love against all boundaries. What else uh, are we getting uh, from uh, this? Not not all boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> There's so two many barriers in their people way. Getting together. I, mean, I think you said it best, babe. It's 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 free calories. Empty, empty calories. calories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, empty So empty if calories. you want to eat a bowl of popcorn in the form of a movie. And you don't. That's a good. Yeah, you don't have to scripting. invest too much. You can kind of turn your brain off and just consume. Yeah, saltless, butterless popcorn. <laughs> but you can also invest a lot and get real deep into the Christmas verse because there are many connections. Yeah, Netflix hooked us up this year or yeah. the past several years. So there's a whole, I mean, 25 days of Christmas, you could do it. Yeah, there's one actually too that I want to watch that I'll mention here. But I haven't watched yet, so I can't like quality recommend it. But it's called the Cluster Funk Christmas. It's a new Comedy Central movie, and it's by Anna Gasteyer and Rachel Dratch, and it's a uh, Hallmark holiday movie parody. Oh, that sounds fun! And they both love Hallmark holiday movies, like love them we and have watched them graciously here a lot. <laughs> oh my god we, we should it's streaming it's a, a comedy central streaming original but it's apparently quite good especially especially if you really love those movies but also for people who have never seen them it's apparently weird enough that it's also enjoyable so. mm. okay all right well if anyone has thoughts on the vast world of netflix holiday movies and they want to share them with us shoot us an email info at original content podcast.com that's info at original content podcast.com you can also follow us on twitter at original content and we love it when you subscribe and leave us a positive review in apple podcasts or the podcast app of your choice jordan and daryl i'll talk to you soon danny thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me Bye bye